It's true. Nobody likes to pay taxes. And join us today as we talk about three easy ways investors can reduce their tax bill in retirement. That's coming up next right here. It's Label on Fire. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. And welcome, Label. How are we doing today? We're doing great. How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. And every time we talk, I learn so much. And I was going to ask you this last episode, but we kind of ran out of time. We talked about people that do insurance and people that have these particular retirement planning, ABCD alphabet after their name. One thing that I, when I think of you, I think of educator. I really do, because I think it's part of your mantra, your mantra. You want to educate people so they know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, education is a big part. My my goal really is to help 1 million people retire with financial security. And I can't do that one-on-one, right? You got to do that in <laughs> mass. And the biggest way, the biggest thing that I can do is shine a light on all of the crevices of our industry and really show people it ain't as complicated as people want to make it out to be. And you can't get something free for nothing. And it's, it's pretty simple when you come down to it. You just need to understand the rules. All right, here we go. Three easy ways investors can reduce their tax bill. You got us hooked. But before we dive into how to save money on taxes, first and foremost, part of the education process, is this ethical? It just sounds one of those, wait a minute, label. Is this too good to be true? Come on. I do get this question quite a bit. Is it ethical to not pay your taxes? And I am going to give you two answers to that. One is every citizen has an obligation to pay their fair share of taxes. However, like Benjamin Franklin, as he he put it, you have a legal obligation, ethical and moral obligation to pay your fair share of taxes and not a penny more. The tax code is set up in such a way as to incentivize the behaviors that our country as a whole want to have happen. It is part of the reason why the American economy and the U- the United States that are economy and our contribution to the global economy has been as much as it has been. We make up, I think it's like less than 10% of the world population, but we make up 24% of the global economy. And we've been the little engine that could for the last 70 years, longer really. Um, And the reason why is because our tax code is very good about moving money around in our economy to the places where it can do the most good and it can continue to grow our economic engine and it continue to grow our economy. And by doing that, we contribute to the world wealth and we uplift the rest of the world and the standard of living really for everyone. But in order to do that, we need to incentivize people to invest in industries that they ordinarily wouldn't invest in and to do behaviors that they ordinarily wouldn't do. And the way we do that is by giving them an economic incentive. And that's what the tax code is about. So when you think about, okay, how do I pay the least amount of taxes possible? The answer is, how do I help the United States grow as an economy as much as possible? And the way you do that is by looking at the tax code and seeing what the tax code says to do. And this is one of the reasons why the tax code changes every few years, because Congress gets together and says, we want to incentivize green energy, or we want to incentivize home ownership, or we want to incentivize people to have more kids or whatever it is. 
And every few years, it's changing. You're making me want to pay my taxes. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. What are these ethical ways we can reduce our taxes in retirement? So the ways that we can ethically reduce our taxes in retirement, like I said, is by putting it to work in ways that benefit our economy, right? Or benefit our nation as a whole, right? So during our working years, one of the biggest incentives that we have, or the few big incentives we have, right? Buy a house, you buy a house, you get deductions for that. You get to write off your mortgage interest, all that kind of stuff. You get married, huge financial interest in getting married, right? Because you're all of a sudden, your tax bracket doubles, right? You get all of these, your standard deduction doubles, right? You go from having $14,000 of excluded earnings that you can earn and not pay taxes on that goes up to 28,000 and is constantly growing because it's adjusted for inflation. Having children, right? We give, The government will give us money off of our tax bill just for having kids, paying for them to go to childcare. Why do they want to pay for childcare expenses? One that gives a job to someone else, but it also means that we get to work longer. We get to work in a job where we're spending more time and using more of our energy, which contributes to the economy. Other ways that you might not think about saving for retirement. You save for retirement, you get a deduction up front, right? You get to take that right off the top from your taxable income, but come retirement time, you are going to pay that as income tax. So one of the biggest ways when we are in retirement or one really from the time that we separate from employment till the time that we reach age 75. And so for many people at some time in their 60s, where they start going part time or they go, they completely retire till age 75, when they have to start taking those required minimum distributions, there's this golden period where they get to control their income. They get to control how much of their income is taxable. And by doing that, we have a 0% tax bracket where you earn money and you don't have to pay taxes on it. We have a 10% tax bracket and a 12% tax bracket. We have these very low tax brackets where if you do Roth conversions at that point, you pull it out, you pay your taxes on it, right? But you're paying it on your terms, not on Congress's terms. Because if you don't, if you don't do it, they're going to tell you, turn 75, you're going to have to start draining that account at the speed and time of their choosing. And it's designed to deplete your account during your lifetime. So there will be a time when you're in your 80s or your 90s and you're paying, you're pulling out 25, 30, 40% of your account value. And guess what? That's, you're going to be bumping yourself up into one of the highest tax bracket, possibly higher than you've ever been in your entire life. So you want to, yes, pay taxes, but you want to do it on your terms. Another way to save on taxes is capital gains, right? Do tax loss harvesting. When the market goes down, convert that money from your retirement account into your brokerage account or into a Roth account, right? Pay taxes, but when the market is down, so you're paying it on a smaller value. Or if you have a brokerage account that's not a retirement account, you can harvest those losses to offset your gains when you do have them. There are lots of nuances to the tax code. It is constantly changing. But if you put your mind to it, you can definitely reduce your tax, your taxable income and the amount of taxes that you're paying to the lowest amount possible. It may not be zero, but you can get as close to zero as possible. You touched on it. It's a new term. I haven't heard it before. Tax loss harvesting. Real quick again, go over that because 
I think I got it, but I'm not sure. And I don't know if our listeners completely got it either. Yeah. So tax loss harvesting is the idea of that we, when we have losses in our portfolio, the market goes up and down. The market is a roller coaster ride. We know that there's going to be times when it's up and there's going to be times when it's down. And when it's down, it's just relative, right? It's relative to when we bought it. So when the market goes down and we see, oh, what a $10,000 loss in our account, to me, I'm like, I get excited. I'm like, I know the market's going to recover. I know my money is going to go back up, but I can now sell that, invest that money into something else that I know that it's not the same thing, but it's something that will have the same upside. Real yeah. quick, when you say invest in something else, does it have to be something similar or it can be something completely different? It can be completely different. It just can't be the term that the IRS uses is substantially similar. So let's say I own the S&P 500. I can't go from Vanguard to iShares S&P 500, but I could go from an S&P 500 value to an S&P 500 growth, right? Okay, that makes a big difference. Yeah, and or I can go from doing an S&P 500 to the individual sectors, right? So I'm still owning the S&P 500. I just have it in 10 positions instead of one position. And in doing that, I know that when the market recovers, I'm going to still get that same recovery. So this 10,000 loss is really a paper loss. But by harvesting it, by selling it and realizing that loss, it now shows up on my tax return. And by showing up on my tax return, $3,000 of that can offset my ordinary income, right? So whether that's Social Security or my required minimum distributions or my Roth conversions or my salary, right? It can $3,000 of that can, can offset it. But the other thing is when I have gains in my account and I'm selling them so that I can live off of, or I have that property, right? We talked a few episodes back about real estate. Well, when I sell that real estate and I have those capital gains, that can be offset by these capital losses that I am harvesting. Now, here's a caveat, right? Tax loss harvesting, you got to, you, you, there's a bunch of rules and nuances that you make sure that you follow the rules that Congress has laid out, that the IRS has laid out in order to do it right, but it is an extremely effective tactic for reducing your taxable income, regardless of when you are, of what your tax bill. So I highly suggest it. And I highly suggest that you start looking at ways that you can change your lifestyle and the decisions that you make so that they're tax efficient. There's lots of ways of doing the same thing, but you know, switch dividend income, right? A lot of people like buying dividend stocks or dividend ETFs, you probably should have told those in your brokerage account. You want to have those in your retirement account so that you're not paying taxes on that. I don't know how many times I see people and they're paying thousands of dollars in taxes because they're holding it in the wrong account. So you want to make your you want to make your portfolio and your lifestyle and the decision, the financial decisions you make, you want to make them as tax efficient as possible. Obviously, we're talking about taxes and saving on taxes. And I want to get your real quick thoughts, if you don't mind me going off in the left field here real quick, about you have your tax person and you have your financial planner and they don't know each other. Yeah. And now you go to your tax planner and it's, excuse me, you go to your, yeah, your tax preparer, I should say. And it's basically you're exhuming the body. Yeah. <laughs> and so the things like tax loss harvesting, that would never come up when you drop off your taxes somewhere no. to, at a tax prepare. So what would you say to people as far as possibly putting those two people in the same building or something like that? They should know each other, correct? 
Yeah, you want your financial advisor. And really what you want is you want someone who's going to be a, a tax planner, right? And a, or a tax advisor. And a lot of financial advisors are not allowed to give tax advice. So that's an important question to ask your advisor, right? Is can you give me tax advice? And then number two is, are you always acting as a fiduciary and in my best interest? Because if they answer no to either of those, then you should probably find yourself a new financial advisor because if they can't give you tax advice and they're leaving money on the table, right? And oftentimes people can save, make more money saving on taxes than they can in the market, right? At least in retirement. So that's number one. And number two, if they can't say that they're fiduciary all the time, that means that there's sometimes when they're putting their interest first, right? It may be aligned with yours, but that it means that there are, they can switch hats and they don't necessarily have to tell you which hat they're wearing. Um, so when it comes to taxes and your tax preparer, right? Understand that their job is to look at what you've done and find all the way, all the things that you qualify for, but they're not going to tell you this is the behaviors you should do moving forward so that you save more money next year. That's generally what my job is as a tax advisor, as a financial planner who specializes in taxes, as being an enrolled agent with the IRS, right? I constantly am looking at ways of how do we change our behaviors so that we save money moving forward. So we can go Ben Franklin on the bit. Yeah, you want to go. You want to go Ben Franklin. You want to pay. You want to pay your fair share of taxes because that's your civic duty. But you don't want to pay a penny more. That's true. That's label. That's all the time we have left. You can join us next week as we explore ways to reduce taxes again when you finally sell that home or property. We're going to be talking more about real estate. That's next time right here. It's label on fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.